0: Hello everyone and welcome to my podcast Naturally OT. My name is Christina Marchiori and I am an occupational therapist working with children and adults in a natural setting. I have been slowly making these episodes trying to share a little bit of my knowledge as it grows and as I get more experience. So if you are new here, you haven't missed too much. I've only released a couple episodes. And if you have listened to all of my other episodes, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for helping this passion project come along and for me to feel like I'm talking to someone and not just talking to the void. It has been quite some time since the last time I made a podcast episode. I think November 2022, um, and it has been quite the journey. I have been super busy over the last couple months with my like full time job plus all my private pieces, educating myself, and then also making sure that I have that balance in work and life, socializing, self care all of those things. And with that being said, the theme for this week's podcast or this podcast that I'm releasing, because I definitely am not releasing them weekly, um, is self-care and self-care as a therapist. So if you are listening to this podcast as someone who is not a therapist, please stick around. Some of these things may be helpful for you. Um, I'm also going to incorporate a little bit of therapist-specific things, and this is stuff that I often talk to my students about when I am hosting placement students at my workplace and we are learning about getting into the field. So first of all, I just wanted to make the distinction of what I am talking about when I say self-care. If you're from an occupational therapy background or if you're thinking about Self-care from a practical standpoint, that may include things like doing your laundry, brushing your teeth, making sure you have proper hygiene, um, cleaning your home, those kind of things. And then if you're thinking from the the social media area, you're also thinking of what kind of nice things can you do your do for yourself in addition, like getting a manicure or taking a bath or getting your hair done or going out with friends, something that makes you feel joy. When I am talking about self-care throughout this entire podcast, I am talking about a whole mixture of both of those things plus taking care of yourself mentally and emotionally. So a very, very big area of conversation. Um, But let's get started on kind of what self-care looks like to you. And I'm going to share a little bit about what I talk about with my students and what I talk about about myself personally. And then I encourage you to take a moment, whether you're going to write it down or just think about it in your head or have a conversation with someone around you of what self-care looks like to you. So I'll give you an example of what my day looked like today. I usually have a self-care Sunday. Now, let me just give you a warning. I am a childless millennial. I have a fiance who travels quite a bit for her job. So our routine may look a little bit different than your routine. If you have a family with children or lots of pets or you're taking care of an older family member, please take... Uh, Keep that in mind while I talk about my day and how I schedule my self-care Because it definitely could look different than someone who has a different experience I also like to put it out there that I am lucky to have a beautiful apartment that I rent Um, I'm lucky to have multiple jobs that bring me joy and that pay the bills so I'm coming from a little bit more of a place of privilege and I like to acknowledge that coming into this conversation because there are a lot of pieces of self-care that are very privileged um, and just because you can't access that doesn't mean you can't do self-care. And on the other hand, it's difficult to feel like your self-care is not adequate enough because comparison over social media, over podcasts, television can be very challenging. (laughs) Um, For example, I just watched Dubai Bling on Netflix where they were all talking about self-care, but they all have amazing amounts of money that I could never have. So keeping that in mind, what I like to do for my week for self-care is I like to try to schedule a lot of things so that I have a little bit of self-care sprinkled throughout the week when possible. And then I have one, at least a half a day or a full day on Sunday where I can just decompress. And a lot of that also comes from my social anxiety, my anxiety in general, um, being very overwhelmed by a lot of emotional um labor that I do throughout the week with my clients and supporting my students and then also trying to be a good friend and family member as well so today my self-care looked like walking to the grocery store to grab a couple things that I didn't have um, I watched a show I folded some laundry I'm hanging out with my lovely cat who's just napping beside me all day um, and right before I filmed this podcast I was working on a paint-by-number painting that I got from the dollar store. So an easy way to do art without having to do the creative piece of art. You're told what to do, and it's just letting me listen to some music and paint a beautiful picture. So my first point that I want to talk about with self-care is what does self-care look like to you? What is something that at the end of the day or at the beginning of the day makes you feel great? or makes you feel at least like you can get through your day or get ready for bed for example one of my self-care routines might be uh, my night routine that helps me decompress i get to give myself a little bit of attention when i'm washing my face brushing my teeth doing my hair and then that way i feel ready to go for the next day another piece of self-care could be thinking about what you're putting in your body or if you're doing exercise and that makes you happy, um, a big one for me is also taking my medication on time because that is a huge piece of self-care for me so that I can continue my, my week um, with not overwhelming amounts of anxiety. So that is my first question for you is what is self-care to you? Something that is great to consider when you're thinking about what self-care is to you is that everyone is going to be a little bit different. You may have a seven-step face routine that is your self-care. You might need to vacuum your apartment once a day for self-care. Maybe you like to have two showers a day or maybe you only wash your hair once a week. Those things are going to be different for everyone, but my big piece of consideration is making it intentional. So making sure that you are doing things that are making you feel good or are contributing to feeling good throughout the week, and then scheduling that time. So one big thing to remember is when you're having that self-care time or that downtime, making it intentional. So thinking about passive versus active activities or occupations. When it comes to self-care that does not include things like vacuuming or taking care of your body and it's more just leisure activities, that can be a great thing that we get sucked into and then we don't feel good at the end of it. A great example is TikTok. I love TikTok. I love going on it, seeing what people are talking about. My, al- my algorithm gives me a lot of special needs teachers, occupational therapists, different social workers. It also gives me funny dances and little pandas rolling around and cute puppies. So if I watch TikTok for about half an hour, I can feel great. It helps my brain just slow down. Um, It helps me, especially if I'm feeling so overwhelmed that I can't verbalize. Um, because that's something that I experience? But if I watch TikToks for too long, it becomes unintentional. It becomes overly passive. And then I feel exhausted afterwards. So being intentional with my TikTok time is a great example of how I can intentionally give myself self-care. Another thing that could be passive is watching a television show. If you're just putting on a television show just for it to be there, that might not be as enjoyable or as meaningful or as relaxing as if you are planning to sit down and watch a couple episodes or like me, eight episodes of a show that really captures your attention and kind of separates you from whatever you're anxious about, overwhelmed about, all those other things you're focusing on, so you can really unplug. Um, Some active activities that I like to do, like painting or coloring books or doing some different exercises, doing some yoga, reading, those kind of things where I'm really engaged and I'm really focused on what is going on, is something that can really help me decompress and relax at the end of the day. So that's my first piece to talk about, is that intentional time. I'm going to talk about a second piece, which I know some of my students and some of the students that are not OT, but from other backgrounds at my workplace may or may not agree with, but I am big on considering self-care as part of your schedule. It is so easy to get through the day and be like, huh, I never showered or wow, I didn't do anything for myself today. I only worked for 12 hours, and then I went to sleep. So for me, a good strategy, and it may not work for you, but something to consider is scheduling self-care, whether it's in every day or every couple days or once a week, whatever that may be. So for me, I actively schedule that after work on Thursday or Friday, I will go grocery shopping for the rest of the week, And then on Saturday or Friday, whichever time I have, I will prepare my lunches for the week. And that way, I don't have to think about it the rest of the week. And Sunday, I don't have to worry about getting ready for work the next day. I'll also plan out my outfits the night before and just do little things scheduled throughout my day that makes each day a little easier and then makes my Sunday so much more relaxing. Another example of this is something I do for self-care is going to a yoga class and I have it now in my schedule where I go Mondays, Wednesdays, and sometimes Fridays after work and I schedule intentionally around that. So if someone's asking me to go for a meeting or have coffee or go out, I will schedule around that time and it's made it so much easier for me to do the thing that makes me happy and makes me feel relaxed and strong and healthy um, versus just hoping it's going to happen each week. I apologize if there's an ambulance uh, sound in this. I'm hoping to be able to take that sound out of the background. But if there is, sorry, I live in the city. It's kind of how it works. Um, Going back to scheduling, this doesn't have to be a consistent thing. Something that I think is so important to be able to do in your life to make yourself feel feel good is being flexible with your schedule. So of course, I'll take the yoga example. I am scheduled for Monday, Wednesday, every week to go to yoga. But if something comes up and it's just too overwhelming to get myself to yoga and complete all the other things I have to do, it's okay I can cancel a class, I can do it another day, or I can just wait till the next week. So having that schedule, but also realizing you can be flexible in it um, and you can change things around because it's for you. And that's the biggest thing. And if you need to schedule things that are like two things at once, so maybe your self care time is in your car and you listen to your favorite podcast or music, you jam out, you have a great time, you call your family, whatever it is. It is to make you feel good, then when you get home, you have those couple minutes in the car and you get into the house and go about your day. So, making sure that you have intentional time and considering using it in part of your schedule so that it actually happens and it's not just an afterthought. I am going to kind of tiptoe through to a more OT or therapist specific piece that I want to talk about, but. Depending on the job that you work or depending on the personal situations that you have, this may be something that you can also do if you are not working in a human-faced healthcare profession. So something I like to talk about with my students is the importance of having a practice of how to decompress and how to debrief after a difficult day at work and then how to transfer from work to home. And for me, I am very thankful that I'm working out of the house so that I have a drive that helps me transfer from work to home. Um, But this is a very good practice to also consider how you're going to do this, especially if you're working from home. Because sometimes those boundaries can be a little bit blurred and suddenly you were supposed to stop working at six and now it's 11 p.m. and you're still working. So the first thing that I think about is how are you, trans. I keep saying translating, and I think I mean transitioning. How are you transitioning from work to home? An example that I do is I have a very scheduled routine on my drive home. Granted, my drive is a little bit long. It is almost an hour and a bit, but I leave work. I have a specific chunk of time that I give myself to mull over challenges I had at work, to call or message other friends who are in the same field to kind of bounce ideas off of or to kind of just cry or be frustrated, that kind of stuff. And then at a certain part of my drive, sometimes it's a hard stop physical line where I'm literally stopping for gas or stopping to get groceries or stopping to get coffee, for example. And then Once I get back into the car, I'll change from music to a podcast or an audiobook or something that takes a little bit more of my energy to pay attention to. And that's my cue to stop thinking about work and move into the rest of my day. Now, totally granted, if I get home and I'm like, wow, I really need to send this email before I forget, I might, or I might just write it down, But that is a way for me to be able to get out of my head of work and come back home and either clean or sadly do my other job or relax or socialize. So I'm having these different pieces in my day and there's like a hard stop line where I'm not dragging my concerns about work into the rest of my life because at the end of the day. As much as it's hard to separate, a job is a job and you don't need to take it with you for your entire 24 hours of your day. An important thing in this area, though, is being able to emotionally debrief after a challenging day or after a stressful day or after even just a confusing day at work so that when you get home, you're not still mulling it over. So I am very blessed that at the job that I work at, we have a team meeting at the end of the day to kind of talk about our successes, maybe things that came up, ask questions. I get to talk to my students and see what they were experiencing. And then I have the opportunity to talk to the rest of my main team. um, And we can kind of debrief and bounce back and forth over what happened throughout the day and what's gonna happen tomorrow and those kind of things. That really makes it a lot easier for me to get home and be like, okay, all the challenges I experienced, we talked about, we worked through, tomorrow's a new day. Some workplaces are not going to have that kind of support at the exact time that you need it throughout the day so that you can transition home. So in those situations, my response that I always tell to my students is I think it's so important to build a network of whether it's fellow occupational therapists or whether it's therapists who work in the same sort of population so they kind of understand what's going on, um, but maybe they're in a different field. So a social worker, a teacher, um, child and youth care worker, whoever it is that may be able to relate to your challenges, just so you can have those conversations if you really need them. And for me, I was so lucky that I have quite the crew of amazing occupational therapy friends from my degree and then other students and um, other individuals that I've met along the way that I can kind of bounce ideas back off, back and forth off of if something is sticking to my mind and I really need to work through it before I get home so that is one really important thing that I have as a suggestion to help you have more of that self-care at home is debriefing before you leave work or as you're leaving work so you can talk to someone in the bigger picture self-care yes I'm gonna say it also means that you may need to go to therapy um I am very thankful that right now I have quite the crew to debrief with and I can kind of bounce those ideas off of back and forth. But there is no shame in having to go to therapy as a therapist or a teacher or whoever it is listening, a mom, a dad, a parent, um, and just talk about your problems. Even if you don't have, and this is probably me, Preaching to the choir, but even if you don't have a diagnosis or a very, very serious concern, you can still try to find a therapist if it's accessible to you that you can talk about some of those worries and concerns at work. Um, especially if you're working in a human facing area, you may really need that to kind of bounce those vicarious traumas off of your therapist or being able to say like, you know, this really scared me at work and I don't know how to work through it. How can we do that together? So <laughs> I'm watching the time going and it's 20 minutes and I feel like I sped through a lot of the stuff that I wanted to talk about in this in this um, podcast, which makes a lot of sense because when I do a self-care workshop for my students, it's usually about 20 minutes long. Now, usually I have the opportunity to bounce questions back and forth to get my students' brains thinking. So I'll give you guys a couple questions if you're interested in kind of brainstorming and reflecting on your own. So my first question for you is, repeating what I said at the beginning, what does self-care look like to you? My second question that I'm gonna ask is, what does self-care look like to you when you've had a really good week versus what does self-care look like to you if you've had the most intense, exhausting day, week, month, whatever time period you want to think about and maybe your regular self-care stuff isn't working. So kind of helping you differentiate because there's a huge difference between, for example, preparing a meal when you're having friends over or when you're really, really excited and passionate about cooking versus when you're cooking a meal for yourself, but you've worked a 16-hour day or a day that was so emotionally overwhelming that you can't even fathom picking up a cooking utensil. So that's number two. Number three, your question is, What kind of self-care stuff do you do on your own versus is there self-care stuff that you require to keep yourself feeling energetic and happy and calm and all those good feeling emotions that require other people to be involved? For example, is it good enough for you to go and get a coffee on your own or would you feel better in that self-care scenario where you're going for coffee with a friend And then my final question is who in your life can you, do you feel like you can bounce some of your concerns about work while keeping confidentiality or some of your emotional struggles or your emotional challenges about work? Who can you bounce that off of so that you can transition to home life? And that could be your partner or it can be a peer or it can be a colleague. I'm not thinking anyone specific. This is just for you to self-reflect. And then before we move to the end of the podcast, I just wanted to kind of take a moment, take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. I think also learning about yourself and learning how you need to take care of yourself or how you're affected by certain things that you experience at work or with your clients, Um, how you decompress at the end of the day, what strategies work and don't work for you. I think all of these pieces help shape you as a therapist so that you know yourself better. And by knowing yourself better, you're able to take care of yourself better, which in extension, allows you to support your clients in a better way, because as cliche as it sounds, you can't pour from an empty cup. I was going to give you other cliches, but I really can't think of them right now because I got all my energy out in that podcast. <laughs> but I hope that this kind of, tr- I don't, I don't want to use the word triggered, but like kind of spark different thinking in your brain about self-care and about the importance of of learning about yourself as a person so that you can learn about yourself as a therapist and be a better therapist for the people that you work with in your life. Because that, at the end of the day, is what we want to do when we're in this work role. So that was my little spiel. I wanted to remind everyone that you are amazing. You are talented. You're capable. You're worthy of love. You are worthy of taking that break, making sure it's rest and not productivity disguised as rest, and hopefully I will talk to you very soon in the next podcast. See you later, everyone, and remember to be naturally an OT.